What is up, aka Patters? Are you ready? Everyone's talking Spider-Man. Not really, and I think that's a bad sign. But we're talking the 2002 Spider-Man movie, the true movie, the best the character will ever be on film. Let's just admit it. We all know it's true. And if you haven't already heard, we got that intro rolling in. So let's just get through that and get into the dirty of this podcast. So if you're new here, thank you. Thank you for joining me. I'm Peter A. DeLuca, a.k.a. AKA Pad, if I can say that. Another known as Peter A. DeLuca. And how are you? It's July 2nd. It's like 6 a.m. I, I was up all night doing artwork, working on my indie go, 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 go. That's right. This project, I am so like, uh, I, I'm so wrapped into this project because I'm living, loving every single ounce of work I'm putting into it. It is just so much fun. And it's such a weight lifted off my shoulders because this Indiegogo project for me, it's, it's a comic book, but it goes back to uh, 1996. <laughs> and uh, now we're in 2019. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you can imagine. But it's just a lot of ideas. Uh, it's it's a lot of just sitting down, figuring things out, trying to get the, the best idea for this, the best idea for that. And, uh, you know, spending time with creating something to where you allow the, uh, like, the better ideas to come through. Like, it's it's almost like a fog. You know, like, the, these ideas come through a fog and, and they, they appear. And you can just grab them and finish them. Uh, or complete it. Or, 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 you know, it's a puzzle piece and you, you, you put it here and it doesn't quite fit. But, you know. You just come up with another puzzle piece. So anyway, uh, I kind of want to get into this right away. I, I, if I'm all over the place, but if you're new here, uh, you look. You can follow me on just about every single social media platform. If you just search AKA Pad in Twitter, I should come right up. Uh, AKA Pad thirteen on Instagram, AKA Pad on Snapchat. Uh, I will say right now my Snapchat's a little bit on hold. I've been re-evaluating the Snapchat strategy because it's just a lot of work. And everything I think I would be doing on Snapchat, I'm currently doing on IG Story. I favor that platform a lot more just because uh, I have a, a, a network kind of like already plugged into the IG Story. But look, look, look. I like interacting. I like talking to you. Beyond... Uh, you just driving or sitting down or lying around in, in your underwear just listening to me through your phone. Because most likely it's going to be through your phone. But look, in 2002, everything changed. Everything changed. In 2002, if, if, if we adjust for inflation, $600 million. By today's you know standards, they say it's $400 million. But roughly $600 million was spent collectively to watch the same Rami. He's the director of the uh, 2002 Spider-Man movie. And the reason why I'm, I'm just jumping right in, into this. Because I watched this movie uh, in Homecoming this past weekend with a female. Uh, now this goes on Friday. I tried to squeeze in the full viewing of Into the Spider-Verse. And uh, yeah, I might be doing follow-up reviews on both of those coming at you. With a... 
I view as a blockbuster <laughs> uh, Dream Warriors episode. That might be episode 210 or 211. Uh, yeah, because I kind of just want to attack Spider-Man right now and just just realign what the conversation is about this character because I'm just disgusted. I'm annoyed. I'm I'm frustrated. Uh, yeah, I feel hurt. In, in, in a lot of way because and why is that well in 1995 we had this movie called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers come out now I always liked this movie I liked the design work I thought for a like a high action superhero kids movie uh, this was one of the best you know I really feel like you can put this on the shelf with uh, Hero High you know, with, with Kurt Russell. And there's, uh, you know, I, I, I can go on and on. The Money Morphin Power Rangers movie adapted from the Money Morphin Power Rangers TV show, which was the biggest thing at the time in, in 95. They have great design work in that movie. And for whatever reason, the Spider-Man 2002 movie has a legacy of a Green Goblin design that is uh, reminiscent of some of the uh, intersection work, I'll say, or the armored look of the Power Rangers in 1995. And that's that's the legacy of Sam Raimi's 2002 Spider-Man movie. Now, why am I mad? Why am I frustrated? Uh, it's It's nothing to do with that. I, but I had to address that because it just bothers me. Uh, what also bothers me is that if Spider-Man was meant to be seen by children, which it 100% was, okay? I can't. I don't know if I can say that about this new batch. It's too confusing. But it was meant to be seen by children. Any normal kid would be freaked the F out by the Green Goblin. By the 2002 Green Goblin design. Anyone that doesn't admit that, uh, you, you like you, you don't have much in you. Like you know, like you're 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 not connected to your youth. You're not seeing it through the eyes of a child. Uh, you're most likely jaded. You're just a jaded, angry person. That design, with William Defoe's voice coming through a mouthpiece, that's just it's not even moving. Mouthpiece is not moving. It's just creepy, and it's weird, and it works. It's masterful. It is with intent, with, like, pure design around it. Now, everyone will go. All, all the cinephiles, all the super geeks, they'll try and take this high and mighty stance against the 2002 Spider-Man Green Goblin design, and they'll say, Alex Ross. Right, Alex Ross was... The S-H-I-T at the time. He still is. He still is. Amazing artist. Relentless. Uh, a guy that I do admire. And thank God for staying out of pol politics. Alex Ross. So he came in at one point and did some, you know, he, he threw it down on paper. He, he did some nice design work. And, you know, a couple of years later, like, it, this stuff came out. And people were like, oh, my God. And that, this is mostly pre-internet, early internet. 
But mostly the conversation around that was he designed a proper green goblin. Why would they not use this? Why? And then later, a few years after that, some screen tests came out of the Green Goblin. That was, you know, we'll say on, on the mark when it comes to how the Green Goblin looked in the comic book. And people just lost their minds. And now the, now we're furthering this legacy. So, so we're, we're, we're digging a trench in 2002 Spider-Man. Now it's, it's, it's a, they could have done this with the Green Goblin movie. I'm not I'm, I'm not sure like how this holds on to looking at the movie when we're just dealing with uh, a million decisions that go around movies the the screen test of the green goblin if the intent was to scare ch- children and to kind of uh, have a design that would stick to you and with you uh, you know Rami probably just went the way that, that he thought Okay, Rami comes from a very heightened, uh, a very actually like uh, literal and comic book and POV driven filmmaking style. You know, his his aesthetic is not common. It's very unique. It's very hard to describe. I'm having trouble describing it right now. So we fast forward and now we're here. We're here in 2019 with our third, second Spider-Man movie. That's right. We've had three number twos. Crazy. We have three number ones. Most likely we'll have three threes. Now, a lot of people are putting into the Spider-Verse in this category. Uh, I I just uh, tried to watch that. And... uh, (sighs) I barely got 30 minutes into it, and I just said no. Like, I just can't do it. I can't do it. It's it's really hard for me to watch animated films nowadays. It, it really is. Uh, it's just because they just don't hold my interest. And, you know, I, but I honestly got feel, feel like if I was watching them with a child, uh, it would be a, way more fun. Way more fun. But anyway. So... We have that, so uh, let, let's just move on and get past this Green Goblin mess, because <laughs> I'm tired of it. The Green Goblin 2002 design is great. It's awesome. I love it. I like the um, the glider. You know, I like his gadgets. I like his tech. I love the origin. I like that he is lethal, and I like that he is uh, doing things to kind of lure and mess with Spider-Man within the movie. See, there's a couple moments in that movie. Three, you know, that that, that, that I'm thinking of. That is mono e mono moments. It's me versus you. The end of the movie, it's just two guys fighting it out. Two guys settling their differences. And... I'm watching this and I'm just like, you know, this is awesome. This is uh, like, it's not the fate of a city hanging in the balance. It's not the fate of the world. There's no MacGuffin. There's no uh, greater scheme for the Green Goblin. 
know, there there's no motivation other than he having a just a, a lust for power. Okay, and the dual personality of the Green Goblin in this movie is just incredible. So you you would think after six hundred million dollars that they would just let this guy go. You know, Spider-Man Two. People love Spider-Man Two. I as do I. I just go in order. I love one and I love two. People go, two's one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. And I'm like, how are we even looking at this anymore? Because I don't really consider the MCU uh, super... I wouldn't call them like... They're superhero movies, but they're, they're not like these adaptations. Spider-Man 1 and 2 are adaptations. If someone never, ever read a Spider-Man comic book and just wanted to know the general idea and the feeling... Of those books. They could watch the 2002 Spider-Man. They cannot watch the Mark Webb. Andrew Garfield. Garfield? You know. Like they can't watch the amazing Spider-Man. The reboot. And they cannot watch Spider-Man Far From Home. And Spider-Man Homecoming. You cannot watch uh, Civil War. And, and know anything about the character. You, you don't. The, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a.k.a. the MCU version of Spider-Man, is not the character. I'm sorry. The, it, it, this is another form. It's, it's another thing. I'm not even sure how to describe it. I'm not. But 2002. You can sit someone down, have them watch this movie, and they get it. Flash Thompson's Flash Thompson, Mary Jane's Mary Jane. No Gwen Stacy, okay. But you have Uncle Ben. You have Aunt May. <laughs> you you have the mythos. You have the archetype. You have the origin. You have meaning to the only things Stanley ever written that mattered is with great power comes great responsibility. That's the only thing that's that's carried on. One panel. And who knows if he even wrote that. Really. It's 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 in dispute. That's going to be a future episode. Everyone. But they. Uh, the person who doesn't know anything about superheroes. Who is familiar with comics. Knows the character. Can watch. The 2002. If I can say that right. The 2002 Spider-Man. And know the character. And know the origin. They can watch Spider-Man 2 with Dr. Octopus and see some of these ideas get further. Now, whenever they adapt, um, yeah, and I give the uh, this, these newer films a little bit of credit for this. Whenever they adapt Spider-Man, they, they just want to rush to killing Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane uh, the films just haven't figured this out yet uh, at all. But part of the mythology is that the Green Goblin kills Gwen Stacy, Spider-Man's girlfriend, after killing her father, by the way. Her, her father dies. <laughs> like, people kind of forget that. Uh, that was issue, I think, 127 and 128 and 129, maybe. Stanley was not even writing the book at the time, by the way. Uh, Stanley's contribution just to Spider-Man roughly reigned 10 years. Okay? The character has been around since 62. 
or 63. I got to get my ears right. So, the films haven't really figured out the melodrama part of the Spider-Man mythos. And that's fine. You know, like, we want to condense things, combine things. Look, when Sam Raimi made Spider-Man, it wasn't, like, a guarantee, okay? Uh, it's still, like, a one-shot movie, okay? No one, it, the impact of Spider-Man. And people will say Blade and the next man. Yeah. Yeah, those are pebbles on the foundation. But this superhero madness came in 2002 with one of the most perfect origin movies you could ever imagine. Pete, what what are the other superhero origin movies you would put in this class? Okay, I'm with you on that. Superman. I can't put Tim Burton's Batman. But I can kind of put Batman Begins there. The Christopher Nolan. The reboot. The, the only reboot that kind of worked. Might be ever. Not really. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I, I, I do. Like. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts on these quote unquote failed reboots. But I would. It would pretty much be like in the order of. Superman, 78, Spider-Man 02, and Batman Begins. Those are your three greatest origin movies. Now, you you can... I, I kind of put Wonder Woman and Tim Burton's Batman in, like, a class where the heroes are kind of already, like, there. You know, like, we're not kind of getting built up. But... The one that also does it is Iron Man, like a hundred percent. You know, like those four films, I really feel like you can. That's your blueprint, and they go in that order. They go in order of release. <laughs> it's it's really hard to like put one above the other. They so to be fair, you just have to go into uh, release, and. When it comes down, like, I just want to make this point before we uh, get out of here. Because, really, my, my contention today is that the 2002 Spider-Man movie directed by Sam Raimi, starring Tobey Maguire, Christian Dunst, is the best we will ever have of Spider-Man on cinema. It's the best, period. We're not, you know, like, everything I see from Far From Home, I haven't seen it yet. I'm debating it. I'm just totally tuned out with this. It's the end of Phase 4. Well, I didn't like the previous installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 4. I thought Endgame was lazy. I think them even walking, even mentioning a multiverse is a disaster in the making. So it's like, it's like all this stuff, right? Like, you know, I'm so sorry the internet and the internet's clickbait articles are against a uh, critical opinion. I'm sorry if I'm not of the hive mind that controls media, film review, and conversation today. Sorry. So, we're not going to get any other, like, attempt at this um, origin. You know, like, we're not going to get a condensed or longer movie 
um, you know, that boils down some, some, you know, some elements that appeal to the filmmaker or not. Meaning, you know, like a uh, hypothetical filmmaker. We're not going to get a reintroduction of Flash Thompson. We're, we're not. You know, like everything that was done in, in that O2 movie, it, it's, hey, it's close enough to the comic. I think it's great. You know, like it's good enough. But it's also a very well-intended, with intent. The movie's full of intent, but it's just well-made. I love the score. I love the music. People don't uh, really talk about the Danny Elfman Spider-Man score. It's incredible. I love the design work. I love the organic webbing. It just makes sense. Okay. You know, like you don't have to have that in, in the movie. You don't. He can have organic webbing. No big deal. No big deal. You know, uh, Spider-Man becoming a, like an Iron Man. With no reference to Uncle Ben. It's just weird. It's not the character. Uh, okay. It's not. Homecoming Far From Home is not Spider-Man. It's a... Uh, it's not even an analog. It's just... Uh, if... If <laughs> anything on the level of Far From Home or Homecoming came out in 02, people would just file it away with The Shadow, Judge Dredd, The Phantom. They would just throw the movie away. See, in O2, it this was like the first time we got uh, the source material, like so close, so close and condensed, and you know, in, in a way, solved a lot of problems. Saint Rami, like, kind of uh, knew knew what to pick out. Okay, and, you know, you you can tell, you know, and it's just amazing that the studio really didn't let him do what he wanted to do with Spider-Man Three. I get, I get the Venom thing. I, I really do. Uh, it, you know, he, you know, like, would Venom ever have came under him? I, I don't really know. Like, it, you know, it's, it, that's a, that's a tough one to debate. But look, 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 look. Until next time. Look, we're, we're just doing a huge Spider-Man rollout. So, the, uh, the next episode... AK Pads Audio Audacity. Let, let me preview it. 2000, uh, episode 208. That's right. We're marching on 208. It's going to be another conversation about Spider Man Homecoming. Okay? It's going to be another conversation. I'm getting back to it. I always said this, this podcast is about long form conversation, long form geek conversation. Spider Man Homecoming. I am, pun intended, coming for you. So look out for that in 208. If you are not into Spider-Man and you just, you know, hang tight. Hang tight till about 210 or 211. Then I'll be back to kind of the, uh, some, some different things. But hey, until then, rock and roll. I love you. And let's do this. <laughs>